0: Everybody, it is time once again for the Mainland Podcast. This is episode 263. I believe it's 263. And uh, I believe that because it is 263. So that's why I believe it. By the way, if you're wondering who the hell this babbling idiot is, well, I'm Michael Citro. I'm the founder and managing editor of the mainland.com. We are the SB Nation website that covers Orlando City, the Orlando Pride and all things soccer-related in the city. Beautiful, I am joined. As always, by my co-host up in Tallahassee, Florida, it would be up from me because I'm I'm south of Tallahassee, uh, David Rowe is here, and he is uh, probably as good or better at geography uh, than I am.
1: I, I don't know about that because I'm not so sure how good either of us is, but um, <laughs> uh, the only thing I really want to do is, even though you don't have one, I'm going to raise this glass of podcast juice okay. to... My co-host and managing editor Michael Citro, and say happy birthday, sir. As we are recording this, it is your birthday, so happy birthday.
0: Yes, uh, just like the sign in the office, it is your birthday.
1: <laughs> exactly. exactly.
0: <laughs> yes, that is a true statement. Thank you, sir. It has been it's been a day.
1: My <laughs> my
0: my favorite EPL team played in the Champions League, and things went horribly awry after they were leading and um, they lost uh, all of the points at the end at the death of the game. So it was not an, a banner birthday. Um, nobody has come over and given me a giant check uh, for millions of dollars. I mean, it's just not been uh, the best birthday ever, but it, it's, it's probably, probably had some worse ones.
1: Yeah, hopefully, um, you know, look, when you get to be our age, uh, there's only so much you can expect out of a birthday. Mm-hmm. Let's let's be honest. I mean, there's there's not usually cake and and balloons or anything right. like that.
0: Yeah, and it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of depressing when Sammy Hagar can no longer drive your age. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah, all the more funny because we were talking about him and Van Halen earlier. But
0: uh... Uh, yeah, that's true. We were. I guess. I guess I probably talk a little bit more about Sammy Hagar on a daily basis than I realize.
1: Well, it, it <laughs> might have something to do with uh, you, being the age that he can't drive.
0: That yeah, that could be. But I don't th- think it's probably not the first time. Anyway, uh, let us talk, Dave, about Orlando City and the Orlando Pride. We don't really want to talk about Orlando City's game on Friday since you and I last uh, convened on this here Mainland Podcast. The Lions went to Atlanta. Atlanta without Joseph Martinez, without Miles Robinson. George Bello didn't start. Seemed like a, a good opportunity to finish uh, undefeated against Atlanta United for the second straight season. They went into the game, the Lions, with a six-match unbeaten streak against Atlanta and a seven-match unbeaten streak in MLS play this year. And I think everyone forgot to get off the bus. And then there was just a bunch of like ball boys running around in Orlando city uniforms.
1: Yes. It was a bunch of, uh, impersonators. Um, they, I mean, it was impressive. They, they wore wigs and things to make sure that they looked like Orlando <laughs> city players. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, it could just be summed up as not great, Bob.
0: Right. This was a game where it just looked like one team felt like it was a rivalry game and one team did not. And the one team that did not was Orlando city. This was a, a very unintense game from the, from the opening kickoff. The team did not look right. They didn't look like they were in the right mindset to play Atlanta. They didn't look like they were particularly worried about getting a result. It, it, There wasn't a whole lot of extra effort appearing to be put forth. And I don't really like to ever look at a game and say this team didn't try, but they didn't look like they were trying. So if they were trying, uh, they did a poor job of conveying that to to the viewing public. The thing that you and I worried about, Dave, was that with Sebas Mendez out, and Junior Urso suspended for this game due to yellow card accumulation. Where would the bite in the midfield come from? And Oscar Pereja went with a midfield, a central midfield of Joey Desart and Andres Pereja. And Joey Desart's played well in recent weeks. He did not play particularly well in this game. Andres Pereja, coming back from injury, did not play particularly well. I mean, I guess you could probably say that about everyone across the board not playing well, but. There was no bite in the midfield, and Atlanta ran right through that midfield early, often, and basically, Five Stripes had their way with that midfield, and they were able to get at uh, Orlando City's goal.
1: Yeah, there wasn't uh, much going on in the midfield until late in the game, and as we'll get on with Uri Rosell coming on, at least he looked like he was trying a little bit yeah. initially. So, the, but no, otherwise, yeah, no.
0: The 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 goals too, Dave, were just. They were trash, to put it bluntly. Um, The first goal was a short corner. Hashtag ban short corners. It was uh, played short. Nani didn't seem particularly bothered about closing down the passer, so he lumped one into the box. Nobody seemed particularly worried in the box that George Campbell was running through the box, so George Campbell shot and scored, and Really nothing Adam Grinwis could do about that. Um, I've seen people saying, oh, we can't wait to get Pedro Galese back. Uh, I saw three goals that were given up by Orlando City, and I don't know that Pedro gets any of them.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate for Grinwis that the guys in front of him weren't wanting to do anything. And, you know, once again, we don't necessarily like to say that, but the eye test was a bunch of guys who, uh, if – didn't seem like they wanted to be out there. They certainly didn't move towards the ball, as you just mentioned. I mean, if there was a, if there was a 50, 50 ball, it was a 70, 30 ball with Atlanta.
0: Yeah. Uh, I did talk. Uh, I was able to ask Oscar Pereja after the game, a couple of questions. Um, and one of those was about the intensity level and, and he said it wasn't good enough and he really wasn't sure. He didn't want to single anybody out, but he said, he wasn't really sure. So they seemed like they had a good week of training, and it wasn't really anything he could identify as to why they would have played like that. The other thing that I asked him about was the the midfield and closing things down. And he, he said, You know, he's a very diplomatic coach, he's a player's coach. He says, I'm, I don't really want to point any fingers at anybody in particular, but yeah, it was way too spacey out there. And <laughs> I think that's a good way to put it it was too spacey out there. But anyway, it was 1 0. You figure Orlando City, okay, they'll they'll snap out of this funk and they'll wake up and they'll go, okay, let's let's get serious here. That did not happen. Nope. Um, in fact, there was a ball over the top that I, I mean, I, they didn't show a replay of it, but boy, it looked offside on the initial uh, uh, play. And Antonio Carlos commits a foul outside the box uh, over to the right of Adam Grinwis, and it lines up free kick for Atlanta. That probably should have never taken place if the, the AR would have you know, pulled the flag out of his rectum and raised it in the air. But maybe he was onside because again, we didn't get a, you know we didn't get the 13 different replays on the uh, on the play. This is this was uh, not an opportunity to do that, so there's no chance to really go back and see it again unless you rewound it. And so I, I will say that it may have been onside, but it sure didn't look like it was. Um, live action but nevertheless it's a free kick you got to defend it but if you're orlando you don't defend it you have it hit nani then you have it bounce off of daryl dk and then sneak just inside the post again nothing adam grin was can do about this
1: no not a thing it's uh, and and those who think that he could um, what 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 could he have done differently please tell me let me know
0: yeah I mean, he could have played out of position and then been in that position.
1: And <laughs> just happened to be lucky that he yeah. was in the yeah. wrong, correct position.
0: Yeah. Although, I think if he had started at the near post, uh, probably the cross goes to the back post. I'm just guessing here. Yeah. <laughs> there's just, there's no, I mean, you got to, you got to play that the way you normally play it. And there's nothing he could have done about it. Nothing he could have done about the first one. And it's 2 nothing, and now you're going, oh, this is a very, very large uphill climb. But surely they're going to snap out of it now and play with some intensity. But they're not, Dave, they're not having intensity in this. There was no, I mean, it's a Friday night in Atlanta. I don't know when they went up there. Did they go out party the night before? I'm not going to say they did that because I don't know. I don't know what they did. They could all been in bed at eight o'clock. Maybe they slept too much.
1: I I don't know.
0: Maybe they were too rested. I don't know what their habits were before the game. It just didn't look like they were ready to go out and play a soccer game, and there are games like this for every team at some point in the season, but you rarely see it against a rival team.
1: Correct. Um, I get that. No Pedro, you know Urso out. You know that maybe the bear not being there and having his will seep into everybody else affected them, especially in the midfield. I, I'm not sure, but. Whatever it was, yeah, we, we tried not to let this be a rivalry at the beginning of the whole thing because we didn't like the manufactured part of it. Mm-hmm. But the on-the-field stuff and the off-the-field stuff have gotten it to the point where it's a rivalry. And normally, the Orlando City players understand that, and they play accordingly. But for I, once again, we don't know why, but man... Uh, sleepy pills. Uh, you know, somebody spiked their tea. I I don't know.
0: There you go. They were drugged by Atlanta United. That's, it makes sense. It all falls into place. I hope there's a full investigation, whole investigation needs to happen. Um, Daryl DK was coming off a game that he was really dominating and he came into this game and didn't do much of anything. Um, his touches were poor. There wasn't really good hold up play. It's, it's disappointing. This is the second time they've played a rival team that didn't have its best center back and they just couldn't get at the back line all night and it doesn't make any sense, but they they also did that when uh, Leandro Gonzalez Pires was out for Miami earlier in the year and it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a difficult thing to watch, but at least they had uh, I think they were able to draw that. I think that was the nil-nil draw, if I'm not mistaken. But they, they didn't do anything in this game at all. They they didn't wake up from the early warning shots that were fired with uh, Araujo, I think it was, that hit the post early on. And um, Marcelino Moreno hit one that was just inches wide of the post. It's like These are things that should wake you up and make you play harder. But it didn't seem like that ever happened. And then in the third... Uh, or in the second half, the uh, the third goal gets put in by Barco, who just basically just goes left to right. And Juan kind of goes with him for a while and then stops. Uh, Antonio Carlos lunged to try to tackle him, couldn't, didn't get the ball, got just a, a tiny little nick on the ball, but couldn't dislodge it. And then it was just 1v1 and Janssen wasn't really in a position at that point to, you know, figuring his two teammates probably have this covered, uh, he tried to close and couldn't do it. And uh, Barco, with the uh, really, just could pick his side because there's no way that uh, Grin was going cover the whole net again. I don't think uh, Galese gets that ball, so it's three nothing. Um, Orlando never responded, and they were kind of lucky that it was only three nothing because this was a performance that was in some ways just as bad as the five nothing loss at New York City.
1: It was. Um, we've already talked about it more than I know either one of us wanted to talk about it. That's how. That's how ugly it was. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's just as you said. Occasionally these games happen. Uh, you hate that it happens against Atlanta, but mm-hmm. uh, you know we move on.
0: Yeah, we do. And you know, at least the the Fox folks are happy. They got their Atlanta win that they wanted, and um, well.
1: <laughs> we we should, we should also make note of, of their uh the Fox sound uh system guys for their oh jeez uh, their, their excellent timing in making sure that and I want to give it up to the commentators too for making sure that they stopped talking while the Atlanta fans were using explicatives that to be fair Orlando fans use against Atlanta at Exploria mm-hmm. but Man, it was really obvious on the broadcast.
0: It was, and, uh, and ordinarily you will, you will like try to avoid the wrath of the FCC and turn down those field mics. Not so in this uh, in this case. So, but anyway, it ends three nothing. Dave, it was crap. It wasn't. It's not Scottish. It's crap. Um, it was it's it was bad, and uh, hopefully they'll put it behind them and move on. I know Oscar Pareja was not happy after the game. He he didn't again. He's very he's very diplomatic. Doesn't throw anyone under the bus, but you could tell he was just seething about that performance. And I Good. would imagine it was probably the, a little bit of a rough week of training this week for the boys, and that's as it should be. So uh, hmm. I will ask you this because it's uh, I, I'm trying to get an idea from you who's your man of the match.
1: <laughs> I. Yeah, I, I guess I'm gonna have to go with uh, Pereira because he, you know, did a little bit. I, mm-hmm. Daryl wasn't in it at all. Um, you know, everybody seemed disinterested. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, in, this is one of those ones where it's so hard to pick because nobody, nobody performed well. So yeah. I'll, I'll go with Mo just because.
0: All right, as so good as anybody, I think he he had a couple of key passes in the game. Um, They only got two shots on, two effing shots on goal. And one of them was a weak shot right at the goalkeeper from Perea. And the other one was a pretty good blast from Nani, but also, again, right at the goalkeeper. He, uh, it was one of those ones where he cuts in to the right and tries to curl it in that uh, far post, but he didn't get it right, right where he wanted to. But at least he got it on target, which is more than you can say for, Most of the team on this evening, not that they got a lot of shot attempts off because they were just non-existent. And I think Atlanta had over 60 percent possession in the first half. It was terrible. I'm going to give my man of the match to a guy you mentioned earlier. I'm going to give it to Udi Rossell, who came off the bench and did something that no one else was able to do throughout the entire match which was make Atlanta uncomfortable in the middle of the pitch. He made them turn around and go back, play back to their goalkeeper a few times, play back to the back line. He had a couple of nice little uh let them know you're there fouls, you know, get getting the old uh no moss from the uh from the referee. Yeah. <laughs> because he you know, he over there sitting there watching this whole thing going I I've been I've been sitting out trying to get healthy and this is what's on the field and nobody's nobody's making life difficult for Atlanta. So Rossell came on, and he at least for a little while made life a little more difficult for Atlanta, and he's one of the few that did. I, I thought Janssen didn't have a bad game, um, but honestly, no one else had a good game, like nobody.
1: Yeah, no, definitely not. And I, I can't argue with, uh, with Uri getting your man in the match just because, like you say, at least he tried.
0: I mean, when your central midfielders can't make the other team ever play negative ball, like throughout the entire game, it's not great. <laughs> and, uh, and Uri at least was able to make that happen a few times. So he was able to make them turn back towards it. And I know Uri has his, uh, detractors amongst the fan base. Uh, not as many as Tesho, but, uh, he's got a few, but I will say that more people needed to have his mentality on the field on Friday night than, than they did. And, um, it was hard to watch. It was, it was one of those games where I didn't even want to talk about it. I didn't want to live tweet it. I did certainly didn't want to recap it, and I didn't no. want to talk about it with you tonight. No, 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 no offense uh, intended toward you. No. Not, I, I didn't want I, to relive I, it.
1: I didn't want to talk about it with you either. So yeah. we're on the same page there.
0: So let us bury this game film and never talk about it again. Never speak of it. Yeah. You know, I. I mean, I even put as the 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 subhead of my recap. The Lions, well, where were they? <laughs> was yeah. the, uh, and I, I think I was fair in the recap, but if you read it, it's gonna look harsh because <laughs> there was a lot to be harsh about.
1: Where are we nothing if not fair?
0: Yeah, I mean I tried to be fair and uh yeah. it was it was not a good performance and I think um to a man, everybody should say that. Um that it wasn't a good performance. We got I think after the game, we, we talked to Oscar and I think he gave us Mauricio. If I remember correctly, it was like, it wasn't good. It wasn't, we didn't even get two players. We had to wait no. forever for Oscar and then forever for the player I was like, didn't have time to get to everybody, but well, anyway,
1: he was, if it was because he was taking them to task in the locker room before coming out and talking. Okay.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it seemed like a really loose bunch. I mean, remember the, the training video that came out the other day where they they picked up Oscar, and they were carrying him, and they put him in a trash can, and uh, I don't really know what the heck that was all about, but it looked like fun. It looked like they were loose and having a good time, and boy, I don't think that this week's training was like that.
1: What's the Oscar Pereira version of Led Tasso? <laughs> uh
0: Oscar Areja?
1: Oscar Areja was out there today.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oscar's quote was, we didn't look urgent today. We were outplayed by intensity, especially in the middle. And then the reactions when the goals came in the first half, they were not natural for us. We were slow to react. The middle of the field looked so big for us. I think we were very spacey. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Correct. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Well, Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah, it was Pereira that we got. to. He, he just said tactically they were better than us. Uh, they played without a center forward, and they've got many people with quality in the half pitch. We didn't know how to accommodate in the pressing that we'd been working on in the week, and it's something that we need to grow now because we should adapt in the game. Yes, you should.
1: Correct again.
0: <laughs> yes, all of that. All right, let us move on. The Lions, Dave, have two. Count them, two. Games before we uh, convene again. They will play, as this drops on Wednesday the 15th, so shall the Lions play on the 15th in the evening at Exploria Stadium against, not the Montreal Impact, but CF Montreal Club de Foot Montreal, or as I like to call them, the Montreal Club Foots.
1: I like to call them the Foot Clan. The Foot
0: Clan. He needs meet Ninja Turtles. I will take your word for it. Yes. <laughs> but, yes, the Clubfoots and the Lions on Wednesday night at Exploria. And then the Lions will go to Chester, Pennsylvania, to take on the Philadelphia Union on Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock. Big doings the rest of this month. The next four games all against teams currently above the playoff line maybe that will bring the intensity out of the lads who they have uh, actually played fairly well against some of the playoff teams this year not new york but uh <laughs> um they they played well against philadelphia the last time so uh we'll see how that goes and um you know hopefully the the guys will respond uh other bit of business about the lions this week since you and i last spoke dave was that David Loera has gone out on loan to Phoenix Rising.
1: That's a good team.
0: It is a good team. And that's kind of what bothers me about the loan is that you just sent Jordan Bender to Charlotte and he couldn't get on the pitch enough. And the sense I get, although no one said it in as many words is that the team probably not that happy with him, not getting a lot of time and Loeta going to a really good USL team. I mean, maybe he gets on the pitch. He got on the pitch in the 74th minute the other night in his first uh, for his first appearance. But um, Loeta was, uh, if he doesn't get a lot of time on the pitch, then it's not a great loan because you want him to get yeah. some some experience. You want him to get some games, get into some form, get some rhythm, learn, grow, all of that.
1: That's the, the entire point of loaning out young players like that is to get have those things happen
0: Mm -hmm. but you know to get somebody out on loan you got to have a partner and uh, maybe they just couldn't find another partner anywhere and the weird thing was i think he got loaned out like the day before his birthday (laughs) his birthday was last week so i mean not ouch because he you know i'm sure it was something he was in favor of it's like well yeah i'll go on loan if i'm not getting any time here let me go get some time somewhere else but um no, yeah his,
1: not, well for whatever plans he had, uh,
0: yeah, his birthday was yeah his birthday was Friday, and um, I think the team was so distraught at not having David loera on the trip that they they were despondent when they took the pitch in Atlanta,
1: sure, yeah, let's go with that
0: and also drugged by Atlanta United directly,
1: yes, yeah, hashtag atlanta drugs people yeah
0: Arthur blank definitely definitely drugged everyone on the team. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Prove me wrong. (laughs) You can't.
1: That's right. All right.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, I think that we've wasted enough time on that performance. Yes. And we shall move on. And we will move on to the Orlando Pride, Dave. The Pride, of course, they were in action against Louisville, Racing Louisville, not Rossing, but Racing. racing, Uh, We'll talk a little bit about that game, and we'll, of course, get to our mailbag. And in addition, we will also get our key matchups and our score predictions for the two games. We're going to do all of that starting right after this. And we're back. And Dave, the Orlando Pride decided to do something that they have not done in a long time. What's that? Score more than one goal. Woo! Yeah, it was cool. Uh, They played Racing Louisville, as mentioned. And I think they're called Racing Louisville because they were racing all over the pitch in the early going of this game as the Pride, Dave, still are starting games much too slowly, much too passively, and letting the ninth-place team in the league keep them pinned in their defensive third for a good chunk of the first half is not a good look.
1: No, and it's that type of play is going to hurt you when you are playing a better team than racing Louisville. So mm-hmm. not great. Got to Got to do a little better on that. I mean, final score notwithstanding – we're kind of looking at the uh, the entirety of a, a match here.
0: Yeah, I don't understand why this team is so sluggish to start games, but, you know, around the 25, 20 to 25-minute mark, Pride started to get back into it, started to settle down, string some passes together. And Sydney LaRue opens the scoring Dave at the half-hour mark to make it 1-0.
1: Well, I mean, go with the go with the hot foot. It's been scoring, so why
0: not? She has this year, but that was her first game since uh, her first goal since July 31st at North Carolina in a one-one draw. I think. No, I'm sorry. August 8th, she scored this a uh, stoppage time goal in a in a two-nil win, and that coincidentally was the last time Orlando had scored more than one goal in a game. So you felt like they scored first. That's good because they've been back on their mm-hmm. heels. Can they get a second one, Dave? And it turns out they can get a second one because Marta scored four minutes later to make it two nil.
1: Yeah, coming back to back like that really, especially it was very much like uh, you know an orange sherbert pallet cleanser following the uh, the Atlanta game to have the Pride go out there and and go up two scores. That was that was so very sweet to continue mm-hmm. the analogy. Uh,
0: this was a big game for LaRue. LaRue didn't get an assist on the Marta goal because it was played by a defender uh, who barely barely bothered the ball as it was being sent from left to right to Marta. Uh, basically just got a toe on it. it. Didn't really knock it out of the way or, or change the trajectory of the pass. So she doesn't get an assist, LaRue, but uh, she was instrumental in the goal. So it, it's 2 nothing here, and, and Sydney really... It's funny because her goal was the hardest of her three excellent chances in this game. She had a a chance from the top of the six-yard box earlier in the game that she somehow hit over the net. Um, Then she had another attempt just before the goal, like seconds before the goal. She was sent in down the left, 1v1 on the goalkeeper, and the goalkeeper was able to make the save. Uh, but she was able to gather it back in, go to the top of the box, turn around, and fire it inside the post. So a uh, good second effort for, from Sid. And it was, like I said, her her non-assist, but really an assist, to Marta makes it 2-0. And that's the way that the teams go to the locker room, and you're going, wow, the Pride not only have multiple goals, they have a multi-goal lead going into the halftime.
1: I wasn't sure what to do with myself at that point. Um, It was very confusing. And so I'm, I'm really glad that uh, I'm I'm really glad they did it though. It was very nice. Yeah.
0: Unfortunately, Dave, they have these things called halftime breaks where the teams go to the locker room and then they come out and they, they kick off the ball in the center circle as if the game is starting Mm -hmm. all over again, Mm -hmm. because once again, racing Louisville (laughs) was all over the pride to start the second half and did eventually break through the CC Kaiser goal in the 51st. And you're going, "Uh Oh, not good.
1: No, not good. It sounds like you're saying that um, starting a half is the problem for the pride, um, which is unfortunate because I believe they, they do that twice a game. So that's, that's going to be problematic, but yes, uh, Louisville gets drags one back and you are sitting there going, Oh no.
0: Maybe if if Becky Burley has the team go out for warm-ups like an hour and a half before the game, maybe they'll start playing like at the beginning of the game.
1: They can start, go out there and, and act as if they're playing. Yeah. like then, Just
0: pretend you've been playing for a while, and and then it won't seem like you're just starting.
1: That's right. Hey, it's worth a shot.
0: Yeah. Anyway, Dave, Alex Morgan played in this game. Yep. And Alex Morgan scored a goal in this game.
1: You know, that's good because that's what she's paid to do, and I like it when Alex Morgan scores goals.
0: Yeah, she was paid to uh, to go out there and play, and she did. She played. It was uh, an opportunity for Sydney LaRue to get her the ball. The ball got cut off by the defense, and then it was really sort of difficult to see if this was going to be a a situation where she was going to get the next pass in. And, and now Alex is offside because she was expecting the pass earlier. Uh, But then the Louisville defense dropped a little bit and put Alex back on side. And so Sydney LaRue passed her the ball and she shot, she scored and made it three to one in the 65th minute. And that made everybody smile.
1: I was smiling and I was really grateful of uh, Louisville's back line to put her back on side like that. It was very kind of them. And yeah, suddenly that feeling was, was going away because now we're up two goals again. It's later in the match and Alex Morgan is out there scoring goals. So they've got to take that into consideration the rest of the match.
0: Sydney and Alex scoring in the same game. It was just like the beginning of the season. When they did it at North Carolina in a win, and they did it against Portland in a win, I liked those games. Those were games were wins, so I liked yes. them. And uh, and also, um, you know, Alex Morgan scored in a couple of other goals uh, in a couple other games in that time frame as well. So when those two both score, that's good. It's a good thing for the team.
1: And I know you're not just basing that off of a gut feeling. That's no. off of uh, statistics as well.
0: I have data that backs yes. up my, my my good feeling about that. Um, <laughs> exactly. So from there, it's just a matter of seeing out the game. Um, Louisville tried to respond, but really didn't have enough left in the tank. And then towards the end of the game, like really the last 10 or 12 minutes of the game, Louisville really wilted in the heat and humidity and just didn't have the energy to even get forward a lot after that and and so the the pride go out and win and they win three to one and don't look now Dave but Becky Burley has only one loss in her time at the helm and she has three victories and three draws so that would be like going three one and three which is pretty good.
1: Yeah, that's very good. I don't know why we would be surprised. She's an excellent coach. I guess we're surprised because the pride had been on a a slump, and she comes in not necessarily knowing everybody, but looky, looky, Burley's got them going.
0: Yeah, I think the the impressive part here is that they didn't try to bunker when they got a 1-0 lead. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. There was like probably that. just a little, I mean, an hour seems like a long time to bunker, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've, I'm an advocate of continuing to try to get more goals unless it's about the, I'll, I'll give you like maybe the 75th, but more likely the 80th minute. If it's before that, I'm a huge advocate of, hey, let's get just some more goals to make sure we're okay.
0: Yeah, stay in your offense, stay in your system, keep playing your game. Because it's you know, been working. You don't have to send the defenders up into the attack. You don't have to do anything crazy or nutty. You don't have to take insane chances. But do hold the ball. Do work it up the field. Do look for opportunities to attack and to get the ball in the box. Because when you have Marta and you have Sidney LaRue and you have Alex Morgan on the field, and you put a ball in the box, a lot of things can happen. And most of those things that can happen are good things.
1: Yeah. Throw in the odd header from Corniak, and I don't know why you don't keep throwing the ball forward.
0: This was Corniak's best game so far as a midfielder, in my opinion.
1: Yes. Well, it probably is just taking her a little time to get resettled into that. I mean, she's played a position similar to that in college. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, sure. But yeah, she had not looked comfortable there. She had been making a lot of clumsy challenges, getting yellow cards and and not looking particularly sharp uh, in defending, especially 1v1. But in this game, she dispossessed players several times. And I, I really was impressed by her in this game. She she really seems to be adapting now. But again, it is Louisville. So we have to really kind of take a, a breath and, and see how this goes the rest of the way. The pride, Dave, don't look now. I said don't. Uh, oh, okay. Only five games left in the season. They don't have another game until the 26th of September, and that's at OL Reign. That's going to be the toughest remaining opponent, but not the only tough opponent. The team has to go to Chicago, host Gotham. uh, They go to Louisville, and they host Chicago. So those are the five games. Um, I know that Alex Morgan was talking the other day about they have a chance to finish with their best ever record in the league. To do that seems unlikely. To, yeah. do, to do that, to finish with the most points they have in club history, they would need a minimum of four wins in the next five games, in their, in their remaining five games, and then need at least a draw in the other game. So to get above the 41-point mark, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, but they're sitting in a pretty good spot. They're above the playoff line. They have 28 points. They have a schedule remaining that is manageable. Only two of those games are at home, but if they win the two games at home, maybe win one of the road games and draw one of the road games, they're probably in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. The, the O.L. rain game is going to be very difficult, especially coming off of a break mm-hmm. and it being away. It just is. Yeah. I'm not saying that they can't win. I'm not saying they can't get a result, but it's that's going to be a tough one. But Gotham is an absolutely winnable game. Louisville is a winnable game. I would, you know... Even even Chicago is winnable. There's there are points out there to be had. It's just whether which Pride team shows up. That's mm. going to be the question.
0: They have to start stronger. Um, the last time they played OL Reign, that was at home. They lost two nil. But Carl Green coached that game after Mark Skinner had re- uh, resigned the, the day before. Uh, it was Jody Taylor's first game with the Pride. The Pride did not register a single shot on target in that game. Uh, They faced another penalty, and Ashlyn Harris stopped it, of course, because that's what she does. Of course. (laughs) And uh, Sydney LaRue had a tying goal called off for offside that didn't look offside.
1: Yeah. So, no VAR. I'm not saying they can't get a result yeah. against the rain, but it's, it is a, it is a, a heavy sled to pull.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, great performance by the Pride. This was what you would hope to see against an expansion team. Go out and win by multiple goals. Be comfortable for once. There have been very few comfortable Pride wins. Even the, the 2-0 win at Chicago, like I said, LaRue, I think, scored in the 89th minute of that game. So it was really you know squeaky bum from the time that Jody Taylor scored in the 15th minute, um, and you have to go all the way back to the Kansas City game uh, away on uh, June 23rd when they won three to one. Uh, Larue had given them a two goal lead. Or, or, I'm sorry, they uh, given them a two one lead. But again, there's a one goal lead till Marta scored in the 85th. So not right. a lot of comfort in this. In this season, uh, there's only been a couple of multi-goal wins, and uh, it was nice to see them get that. And that's that's unbeaten in three, two wins in the last three, and they've only given up two goals in the last three games. And it was important because there was no Ashlyn Harris in this game.
1: Correct. Although you know we mentioned before having Aaron McLeod as your backup, that's about that's about as good as you can expect in this league, and yeah. and she is a good keeper. So. It could be a lot worse.
0: Yeah. And she kept the team in the game early when, when Louisville was having some success at getting, getting the ball on target. So uh, they will move on to the rain on the 26th. So next week, really don't have to talk about the bride much at all, unless there's some news, but, uh, and there could be, I mean, maybe between now and then maybe the, the interim tag comes off of Becky Burley because she's really done a good job, but I would expect those discussions will take place after the season um, mm-hmm. we'll see if if she gets them in the playoffs. Though I would say she's earned the position because the team was in free fall under Mark Skinner. Um, I mean, obviously they had the great start, and then the whisperings of of Skinner being courted by Manchester United started happening, and then you get loss, loss, draw, loss, loss. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't great, and um, you know, so Becky Burley is right at the ship. Like I said, only. Only game that she has lost was a two-one game on the road against Washington, and the Pride led that game in the second half. It was just a little bit of a collapse in that game.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now Burley has done a heck of a job since coming on, and it's not to say there aren't some things that we want, you know, don't want to be better. Of course there are, but Mm -hmm. to Get the results. I mean, that's uh, end of the day. Get the results, get in the playoffs. Uh, that's what they brought her in to do, and and so far she's doing it.
0: She may have been sitting here without a loss had uh, Kylie Strom not given Ashley Hatch a, a layup in that game to tie the game in the 70th minute.
1: Yeah, can you imagine that?
0: So, good job, Pride. We're proud of you, and we're we're hoping that you get in the playoffs. And, hey, we would love to see you set a new – club record for points this year but right now pride sitting at seven five and seven if you go back to 2017 their their previous best they were 11 six and seven so those uh, five games left well uh, four of them need to be wins at least and then the other Mm -hmm. one has to be a draw or better for them to get uh, better than 2017 but they honestly don't need to be better than 2017 because there's more players or more teams in the playoffs now than, than there were in 2017.
1: Yeah. Look, getting the club record for points would be great. All I'm really concerned about is making the playoffs,
0: get in the playoffs and hopefully avoid the Pacific Northwest teams. Once you get in there. Yes, that would be very, very nice. It'd be good. All right. uh, Dave, I think that's all the pride news we have to talk about, unless there was something else that you wanted to discuss.
1: I think we did that good.
0: Okay. Team's starting to get healthy, which is good. Uh, I don't know. We don't know how long really Ashlyn Harris will be out, but hopefully the team will have her back soon. And, you know, everybody else has been coming back. Courtney Peterson got in this game. Um, Still no Jade Moore, which is a shame because I thought Jade Moore played really well at the beginning of the season before she got injured, but uh, we soldier on. Um Oh, there is one more bit of pride news. It's expected, though, and that is that uh, Alex Morgan was called up by the U.S. Women's National Team. What a shock.
1: Oh, my goodness. I'm (laughs) sitting here. This is my shocked face. Yeah.
0: I can't believe it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. All right. Uh, Shall we get to our mailbag?
1: Yes, I love the mailbag. Okay, we love
0: the mailbag, so let's get to the mailbag. And the mailbag is, uh, of course, a place where you can ask us anything. Two ways you can ask us anything. One is to hit us up on Twitter, at the Mainland is our Twitter account, and you can use the hashtag AskTMLPC. We will read your question on the air and answer it. I say on the air, but it's not like we're actually on the air. We're recording this.
1: I know, but it it (laughs) makes It makes it seem cooler, so yeah, I it's you know, it's I like
0: radio it. jargon. The kids don't understand on the air. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, kids, back in the day, there was even a light that came on that said "on air."
0: Nobody listens to the radio anymore if they have a choice. Well, um, video did
1: kill the radio star.
0: That's true. Well, that's so did Clear Channel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, the other way you can uh, ask us anything is hit us up on. In our email account, which is themainlandgmail.com. So, two ways to do it. Let us start in the Gmail box, Dave. And when we start in the Gmail box, we find Tiger Tamer 33, uh-huh. uh, who has uh, correctly said, and I haven't looked at it yet, I, I need to go look at it. Tiger Tamer 33 has written a fan post on our site. Oh, okay. About a player that he believes is underappreciated for Orlando city or an unsung hero. And he wants to know in our opinion, who do we believe is Orlando's and the pride's unsung heroes? Who,
1: um, unsung. I, I, you know, I, I would say Kyle Smith, but I've sung his praises so much. I don't know that he could, he could be unsung anymore. I mean, maybe by others. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, it, it's, 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 you singing them isn't like everyone's singing them it's not no um,
1: you hear okay. it because
0: you hear yourself sing you can hear yourself sing because you know you're not deaf um okay. but are other people singing his praises i don't i don't know that they are i think everybody feels like he's played well but is he the unsung hero on the team is that is that what your final answer is going to be yeah, you know what?
1: Given everything that he did to start the season out uh, when everybody was injured and getting them through and maintaining, you know, that place at the top of the table. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Cal Smith for mine.
0: Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense because yeah, he, you know, he was playing for Jean Moutinho. He was playing for Juan. He was playing left side, right side. You never knew where he was going to be. He would pop up anywhere. And yet he did a great job. And I would say that. That's probably my choice as well, because I think everybody else's praises have been sung. I mean, yeah. I think in some respects, I think maybe the runner-up's Tesho Akandele. I think people don't give him, him enough credit for what he's done, considering what he's here to do. What he's here to do and what he's been asked to do are two different things. And we've talked about that on this show before many times as well.
1: Yeah, and I'd say he gets he gets more uh, hate mail than Kyle does too. So,
0: oh, much, 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 much. Yeah. Um, so I would say yes, he is he has he has given everything for this club, and and I I don't think it's you know unrequited love. Dave is so sad.
1: Oh, it is. It is. Oh, speaking of
0: Tesho, <laughs> congratulations, congrats. to Tesho. Uh, yeah, congrats
1: on the on on uh, baby Rook.
0: Yeah, hey, named his kid Rook. That's
1: so cool.
0: Is Tesho a chess guy?
1: I don't know, but that's that is very very cool. I need to but ask. Welcome him. to the wor- world, uh, Rook Akendele. So, oh, very welcome, cool.
0: Welcome to the world is a great song by the Neil Morse band, by the way. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, so that's the 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 lion side. What about the pride side, Dave? Who's the unsung oh. hero for the pride?
1: Hmm. Uh, well, it's certainly not Ashlyn Harris. It's certainly not Alex Morgan or Sydney LaRue, uh, or Mark. I'm going to go with, um, Gunny Young's daughter.
0: That's a good choice. That is a very good choice. I think Gunny's had a very solid year. You could make a case for Maggie Doherty Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, you could make a case for, um, perhaps Marissa Vigiano, I'm going to talk about somebody who never gets really talked about, and that's probably a good thing because she's a center back, and that is Amy Turner. Okay, that's I a good thought, one too. I, I think she's had a, a very solid season uh, coming in mid-season and becoming a starter pretty quickly, and and she's been very strong back there. I think that uh, this this team could be in a lot worse shape um, with uh, with other people in that spot. So uh, okay. I will go Amy Turner. So there you go. Uh, thank you for the question. Uh that is uh, uh Tiger Tamer 33 by the way. It is Matt Schardiger, who has who has once uh given us a five-star uh, rating and review.
1: Well, now we just know how great of a person he is.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Because nobody has done that this week and it's my birthday. So, I'm a little distraught oh, that man. nobody nobody got me a free birthday present. Um, oh, guys by the way, if you want to know what uh, this is a spoiler. If you want to know who he picked as his unsung hero, it was Kyle Smith.
1: No, wow, there you go. See, you go. knew he was a good person. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, I just looked at it. I haven't read it yet. I got to go back and read it, analyze it, see how he did, and uh, we'll go from there. Um, all right. In the mailbox, also, we have a question from Lee Gavlik. All right, Lee. What do you got? The Lee Meister, the guy who brought us the wonderful The Grinch is Back uh, song and lyrics, which we have used. Um, His first question is, well, he starts off his email, as he usually does, by saying, hello. Hello. says, regarding this week's episode of Ted Lasso, do you know whether or not all of the pitches in MLS, Yankee Stadium aside, are the exact same dimensions?
1: I don't know, but I would venture to guess the answer is no.
0: They're not. They're not.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'd be incredibly surprised if they were. It's because that's not how things work in soccer.
0: Yeah. They don't vary widely, I think, outside of uh, crappy Yankee Stadium. But, um, yeah, they are are not all exactly the same. One thing that that you can do is pay attention to the 18-yard box and how close it is to the sidelines. Um, just watch, you know. Just go flipping through on the next time. There's a bunch of games, you know. Get on ESPN Plus and and uh, you know go through, it. and you're going to see that some of them the box is closer to the sidelines than than uh, or the touchline, I should say, than than they are in other stadiums. So yeah, I think they're they're not exactly the same dimensions, but they're fairly close most of the time. Uh, Lee also says, speaking of the pitch. Any idea why the sideline bench area at Exploria Stadium is artificial turf instead of real grass like the field itself?
1: I know. I, once again, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I was uh, not involved in the planning. Yeah. That's um, surprising that they didn't call you when they were doing that. I know, right? Yeah. I would say, uh, I don't know this for a fact, but I would say because of the wear and tear on the grass in that area, uh, best to have it just be artificial turf, and then uh, yeah, it's easier to maintain. You, you can see where the teams warm up during the game behind the, the the you know behind the end lines. There's a little wear and tear on that those parts of the field, and I think this was just to probably avoid that on the side, um, especially since you know during games there's a lot of shots of the coaching staff. And uh, you wouldn't want to see that on TV, these these big brown patches. <laughs> <laughs> Good uh, point. But I could be wrong. I, maybe I could find that out, uh, but that's why I think they did it. Uh, Lee, finally, number three question from Lee. Lee has loaded us up. Yeah, he did. Uh, number three, is my song at all responsible for Mason Staduhar's unfortunate knee injury? I was glad to have the Grinch back, but I didn't want him to play that badly. <laughs>
1: um i'm going to say no you're off the hook uh as much as as and and i do these things i'll turn my hat around i'll put a different shirt on i'll you know change my seating position i i'll do all those things even though i definitely don't actually believe in any of it and to that effect no your song as awesome as it is had nothing to do with uh with mason
0: yeah Uh, to coach, uh, to quote coach Beard. No, No. uh, thank you for the questions, Lee and Matt. And, uh, what do we got in the Twitters, Dave?
1: Well, we're just going to roll on with this whole Ted Lasso theme thing, which I know you and I are okay with. Um, we've got two from Ryan Smith, friend of the pod. Um, the second one is spoiler alert and I'm giving you a lot of spoiler alert time. Unlike last week, so just so you know. Anywho, first question Which lion would be Orlando's barber? And who would you want to get a haircut from?
0: It's got to be Junior Urso.
1: That was my first thought as well.
0: Not very many people have had as many hairstyles here as Junior Urso has had.
1: Yeah. If Breck Shea was still here, maybe Breck, but, uh, but no, yeah, on the current roster, uh, I'll agree with you. It's, it's gotta be Urso. so. And, and, and would you, want...
0: what's Go that? Ahead. I was just gonna was say just... He, he's, he's a lot, he has a lot of similarities in some ways to Isaac in uh, in Ted Lasso too. So I think he fits the bill that way.
1: Yeah, no, a very good point. Uh, would you want to get a haircut from junior Urso? Uh,
0: if he's actually good at it, sure. I don't have any problem with that. I'm not paying him any more than I pay uh, my normal person, though.
1: Okay. Well, I, I guess that's fair. I mean, he doesn't get – as far as we know, he doesn't get paid to cut hair. So yeah. I don't know why he would ask her anymore.
0: What about you? Uh,
1: um, I, I'm going to say uh, I want to get a haircut from uh, Galese because he's done some really cool things with his hair. Maybe he can do something with mine.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I could see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. El so. po, um, I mean, the good thing about him is he's got eight different arms that he can, you know, use with different combs and mirrors and scissors and stuff.
1: Right. Like you don't have to wait for the mirror to see what's going on. He's got yeah. it in, in one, you know, tentacle. So.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, moving on. This is a spoiler alert. As Ryan even types.
0: Yeah. Skip ahead thirty seconds.
1: Yep. Yeah, so just so you know. How smooth, and he's talking about Ted Lasso, how smooth was Sam's final text? And as the credits set to roll, the door closes behind the two of them. Predictions on where their story arc goes from here. Of course, he's talking about Sam Obasanya and Rebecca.
0: Okay. uh, I think there was probably a way to keep that a little less spoilery. But since it's out there, I will say, uh, yeah, it was smooth. It was very smooth, especially considering what he ended up doing after that text mm-hmm. and uh and where he turned up and I think that for the second part of the question, I think that probably everything's gonna be kind of cute and hunky dory at the beginning, and then something really bad's gonna happen,
1: so I've heard that um uh... Jason Sudeikis and Brendan Hunting and them have said that... Hunt? See, yeah, sorry, Brendan Hunt. It, that's his Twitter name. Anyway, <laughs> Brendan Hunt uh, have said that season two is the Empire Strikes Back of the three-season arc, and thus dark things happen. So I'm going to agree with you. It's I, I don't think we're going to see the light uh, at the end of the tunnel until season three, and... I think what they're going to take the opportunity to do is point out the the hypocrisy of the media and how they end up covering that relationship versus how they covered her ex-husband's right. relationships with younger people. So.
0: Probably so. And I, it, but there's a little bit of a creepy factor to it too cuz the boss and he's yeah, only what he says he say he's 21. 21. Yes. yes. All right. Well, but you know I love love, so we'll see how Good. it goes
1: and, and they don't do anything on that show without a, a purpose, yeah, so true there's there's a purpose behind this. we just yeah. don't know what it is yeah. yet, so
0: I think there's some darkness coming, like like Ted said earlier in the season this this is the part where we're in the dark woods, and at some point they're gonna come out of the dark woods,
1: yes, they're gonna come out of the dark forest and dark, yes. forest, yeah, yeah, so. all
0: right, so uh do we got anything else in the twitters? That's everything we got this week in the twitters. All right. Well, that's good. Thanks to everybody who sent us uh, questions either through our Twitter account at the Mainland by using the hashtag AskTMLPc or in our email account, which is themainland@gmail.com. Uh One thing you could do is you could uh, go on iTunes and leave us a five star rating and a review, and we'll read it on the air. Nobody did that because everybody hates me and nobody wants to give celebrate my birthday with me. But that's fine. I, I'm, 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 I'm making notes. I'm, I'm keeping a ledger.
1: Perhaps somebody could, you know, mention a belated birthday wish <laughs> if they wanted to do so. Not that you have to. Will have my revenge. Out there
0: to the universe. I will have my revenge.
1: I will have my revenge. What's the movie where uh, the guy has a list and when he, and, uh, somebody called and he was just like, yeah, oh, it's he, Steve Buscemi. Yeah, Steve, he's had this list of people he's going to kill. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was Billy Madison, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Billy Madison.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like that. Yeah, Steve, you sent me with the uh, with the list people I'm going to kill. <laughs> yeah, Mark, my, you
1: know, that's the lipstick. Yeah, thing. yeah,
0: my list is not that dark. <laughs> <laughs> my list is uh, not I, that dark. Glad, glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah, um, there will be a lot of names higher on the list than our listeners. I'll tell you that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I would hope so. Yeah. (laughs) All right. That'll
0: do it for the mailbag. Again, thanks everybody who asked us questions, get your questions in for next week. We'll have two games to go over for next week. And uh, Dave, we've got to get to our key matchups and our score predictions. And the first of those games is the Montreal club foots on Wednesday as they come to Exploria stadium
1: yes yes indeed so um, the foot clan at home i think that the defensive midfield is going to be the key for orlando they need to have a much better performance uh, and it's going to start there for me everything's going to flow from there they'll be at home i think they can get back on the the score sheet but if if they, if they don't do a better job of controlling that midfield, then that doesn't bode well, especially because, you know, Urso's going to be back. So I, I'm hopeful. And because of that, because I'm hopeful, <laughs> I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and go a 2-1 win in Exploria.
0: Okay. Uh, the Montreal team, interestingly enough, played the same number of games as Orlando City, has scored only three fewer goals than Orlando city, even though they're in the last playoff spot currently and uh, seven points behind in the standings and surprisingly has given up one fewer goal than Mm -hmm. Orlando city. So as a result, and also taking into account the thing I said earlier about the team, um, I don't know if I actually said it because it might just be in the preview because it's all kind of a blur. Uh, but, this is a team, Dave, that has scored three goals against Columbus and has scored either one goal or no goals in, the what, like, seven of the last eight games. Yeah. It's not a team scoring a lot of goals right now. So I'm going to say that the Orlando City attack versus the Montreal back line, which features former Lion Kamal Miller, mm-hmm. uh, will be the key matchup for me. And I'm going to say, I'm not going to predict a 1-1 draw. You think I am, but I'm not. I am going to go.
1: Well, why make it four in a row?
0: <laughs> I'm going to go with the same score that happened twice last year when these two teams met. Orlando City won Montreal nil. Okay. Right, uh, well, that I brings we didn't us, predict the same thing. Yeah. That brings us, uh, we both predicted a one-goal win, though. That's kind of scary. Hmm brings us to Sunday at uh, whatever they call their stadium now. used to be Talent Energy. I don't know what it is now, quite honestly. Uh, But uh, in Chester, Pennsylvania, the Union will be hosting your Lions, and the the Lions will be uh, not favored in that game, I would guess. But uh, Philadelphia's been kind of up and down. They're a very good team, and when they play well, they're very, very difficult to beat. In fact, they're Pretty difficult to beat when they don't play that well. But this is a team that Orlando City will be in direct competition with for the postseason and for jockeying for position in the postseason. And going to Philadelphia, the Lions are 2-3-1 and one at Philly and actually have been worse at home until this year, until winning the game this year. So what do you got as your key matchup there? And what is your score prediction for the trip to Philadelphia?
1: Um, they've got a pretty good keeper up
0: there. Yeah. Um, name named Andre.
1: Andre. Yeah. Uh, Andre Balake. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh,
0: I don't think it's how you pronounce it.
1: No? Okay. No. Anyway, Andre Blake. Yes. Very, very good keeper. And when he is on, as he has been numerous times against Orlando, it can be very, very tough to get goals. So that's. They've got to beat him. They've got to get the ball into the back of the night. I don't care who does it, whether it's D.K. getting on it, but got to beat uh, Andre and you know get on the scoreboard. Very difficult to do on the road. As such, I know I'm usually Mr. Positive, and this is – I don't do this a lot, but I'm going to predict a 1-0 loss on the road.
0: All right. I am going to say – Man, I think I've gone the opposite on the key matchup with you both times because I'm going to say, for me, the key is stopping guys like Shibilko and Santos. And can Orlando do that? Because Orlando's defense, when it's playing well, is very, very stout. When it's not playing well, not so much. Uh, I think both goalkeepers are going to be good. Um, But I think that that's the key for me. And I think that Philly has a lot of weapons and I am also going to be a little down in this prediction, and I'm going to say Philly reverses the score from the first meeting, and it's 2 1 union. So you had 1 0 win, 1 0 loss, or no, you had 2 1 win and 1 0 loss, and I had. One-nil I don't win. even remember. I had 1 0 win against Montreal and 2 1 loss. 2 so we... 1 loss. So we kind of opposite ourselves yeah Yeah, that's what's going on man well i guess i guess it would be boring if we just agreed about everything all the time
1: nah we don't agree with everything
0: no we don't especially in the epl
1: yeah no definitely not there we don't i mean we we agree on a lot with ted lasso and and oftentimes with orlando city but uh and movies we like a lot of the same movies but we do yeah
0: yeah okay Okay. Uh, that's it. I, I think that's our show. I think that is yeah. all for episode two sixty three, unless there's anything else you wanted to touch on.
1: I think we better get out of here before something glitches again.
0: Yeah. Well, if we if it does glitch, then all you're going to miss is the end, where we just say all the stuff like we always say. But you can you can uh, you can follow Dave on Twitter at Mainland Dave. You can follow me at Mainland Michael, and of course the site's Twitter is at the Mainland. Uh, please like us on Facebook. Read our stuff at the mainland.com dot com, and uh, go to iTunes and, and leave this very podcast a five star rating and a review. In fact, may you know some of you might be listening to us on Good Pods, and if you listen to us on Good Pods, that's another place where you can rate our podcast. But you can also rate individual episodes of the podcast uh, as five stars. So that's kind of cool too. And and if you do it there, we can like go up the rankings there. Because it's still a fairly, um, I would say a new app, but it's 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 not been around a, a long, long time. So I think that um, that'd be a good place for you to help us be seen by other people looking for sports podcasts.
1: And, of course, we will give you the same uh, reward, consideration, however you want to put it, if you yeah. do it
0: there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just let us know it's there. Drop us a line. Because sometimes it's... <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little hard to navigate the the app a little bit. But uh, uh, thank you for listening. Thanks to those who sent us in questions. And uh, we'll be back to do it next week. We'll break down Orlando City versus Montreal. CF Montreal. Man, it's hard to.
1: Club de Food.
0: It's hard. It's hard when teams change their names. Um, uh, We'll also talk about the Lions' trip to Philadelphia to play the Union. We will have some U.S. Women's National Team stuff we might be able to talk about instead of the Pride since they're off. And we'll keep an eye and see what uh, Davi Loera is doing in Pahonix. Yes. All right, there's nothing left for us to do but to get on out of here and get on with our week. So we'll do what we always do at the end and say, Go City! Go Pride! Go U.S. Women's National Team!